This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Vanessa Valiente, woo! And our guest is Elman Dean Todd, woo! Hey, let's talk about what we're drinking here. I found at the back of the fridge two of my Aww. Angry Orchard peach mangoes. I'm super excited that I discovered that I hid them from myself. It's a good thing. Vanessa, what are you jealous. drinking? I'm super jealous. I love that. Um, I'm just doing some rum and coke. So am I amazing? Drinking with Authors Cup. Oh, yes, our Drinking with Authors swag that all of our guests get. Yes. Okay, Elman, what are you drinking? Um, since someone stole mine out of the fridge, I'm just drinking this, nothing special. So um, as you guys get, you know, more intoxicated as we go along, you know, <laughs> I'll be um, just watching with humor. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless of the intoxication, most people just watch with humor when they're watching this particular podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, they say I'm already mad, so um, you know, no, no worries. Um, I, I don't need alcohol, so um, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> awesome, sauce. Okay, so you have um, so we're we cyberstock. So let's talk a little bit about your writing. When did you actually start writing? Um professionally or like for the books no, or how, just when did you start writing when were you like you know what i i want to write stories probably when i was 10 years old i used to play loads of role you know the role-playing games on those consoles it, nintendo was out um you know just uh saying how old i am um so Nint nintendo was out and i was like oh i love these role-playing game stories and then dungeons and dragons and all that so uh started writing then and um but didn't really do anything professional until um, one day, you know, I worked at a police department and my sergeant, she was, she does art. And we decided one day, um, we, we were like, we, we never really done our passions. Um, my passion was writing and hers was art. And she, she somewhat put it on hold and I put mine on hold. And so we were, it would, by the way, there was hardly any calls that night. So it's, you know, so there was downtime. So during this downtime, we were like, let's get back into what we want to do. And um, she she works heavily with Pensacon. So she says, well, if you get your book, I'll get you, we can get a booth. I'll get you a booth and I'll get myself, you know. Um, so she done her art. She went full time in her art. She got it done. And I got my, you know, I, I finished my book and that's when it started. And um, it's been um, an avalanche ever since. Very, very cool. Um, so I was looking right now. It looks like you have two books out. Am I correct? Two, almost done with the third. And we're also have a video game on the book series in development too. That is awesome. That is very cool. Okay. So you were a gamer. You said Nintendo. You can't make jokes like that makes you so old because I was around when the first Atari came out. So that was my first system. Yes. Craziness. Yeah. <laughs> so you were 10 though and playing role-playing games, but then you transitioned and you're a police officer. Um, actually I got four days left. Oh, oh. So, 
yes, I put in my um, I put in my resignation so I can do full time writing because uh, it I couldn't do the conventions and I couldn't do you know you know what you call the book tours and all that you need to do to promote yourself and um, because we're short basically and it's getting leave is hard and so it was it started conflicting and I was like if I'm going to grow if I want to do this I need to drop this I mean it, it was it was really holding me back so and then. Also, my third book, I would have probably had it done, you know, a year ago, but it, I couldn't get it done because, um, you know, tra oh, you got the training on the weekend, you got to go to the gun range, you know, I mean, th that stuff might be fun for other people, but I've been doing it for 10 years. So when, when I hear gun range, I think of, oh, that gun recoil is going to hit my hand so many times I'm going to have blisters and cuts and all that stuff. So, um, and, and then, you know, when it's cold or hot outside. So yes, writing's a bit, you know, a little bit better. No, that that makes sense. When you're going full time. That's very that is very bold and very brave. Well, thank you. Or quite mad. I mean, depending on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So when, how come you went law enforcement instead of creative route? What made you um, make your choice? Well, I always liked adventure, and I mean, I, I lived in Europe. Uh, I spent most of my twenties living abroad. So I lived in Switzerland. I went to uni in Ireland um, for a time, and then I also um, worked in Japan, um, Japan and Switzerland. So um, as an English teacher. So when I came back over here, um, I tried the corporate world. Um, my mouth often got me in trouble because I'm pretty blunt. Uh, then I decided to get law enforcement, where I guess you could be sarcastic or whatever, and you know it tends to you know get by as long as you don't say something really stupid. Um, and it's, it's quite adventuresome. I mean, you know, um, you really find yourself in interesting situations. Um, you know, uh, like this past summer, I had to do civil, serve civil papers. And I was in the middle of the countryside on dirt roads, you know, only horses went on to try to find some help. I mean, you know, and I was like, Hey, this is kind of like going on an adventure. So, uh, <laughs> it, there's that, there's that bit. Um, um, it kind of helps with the creative writing process anyway, because, um, uh, you know, some descriptions you might hear in my book, you know, of, you know, corpses and all that after a battle really did not require so much imagination because, oh, I've seen that a few times, um, you know. So You've seen really uh, a corpse after an epic sword fight? Um, more after uh, gunshots, uh, you know, uh, or just, you know, you know, heart attack or something like that, or maybe fell and never got back up again, you know um it homicide or what they call i guess they don't really do natural causes anymore they always have to say something like um oh you know and you know aneurysm caused this you know the fall and this happened so um but but yeah no no uh i haven't seen anyone die from stabbings before <laughs> that's probably a good thing right do you feel like your do you feel like your training as a police officer, especially handling guns and stuff? Because I feel like you write high fantasy. So does right. that do you feel like that incorporates a lot into your world building and characters and your action scenes? Like, do you feel like it's easier to write action scenes because of your background or oh, oh yes. Um so I have a character named Sir Flane. Um he's actually modeled after um one of this former Marines who trained me on the range. And 
this man always had something witty to say. I mean, he had an extremely high IQ. So he, he, I mean, he was extremely intelligent and knew a whole lot, a lot about everything. And he always had something incredibly witty to say to someone, always making fun of everyone. But mm -hmm. I mean, really, if he's making fun of you and insulting you, especially if you're new, it means he likes you. Because mm -hmm. if he's not insulting you and he's speaking really seriously, he usually doesn't like you. And, you know, you might want to be, <laughs> be mindful <laughs> around him. Uh, but uh, yeah, I modeled that after him. Um, some of the stuff I've seen, like um, action scenes you were speaking of, uh, stabbings and such. I mean, you know, I, when I watch a movie and they stab some, I mean, humans can really live through a lot. I mean, you can, I've seen people with gunshot, several gunshot wounds in the abdomen and they're just, you know, uh, you know, you know, they're in pain. I seen one guy shot in the head. He was crawling around in the parking lot and, you know, he was telling, you know, and he told us, you know, who shot him and everything. I mean, uh, he had brain damage, obviously he couldn't, you know, you know, he wouldn't live a normal life again, but he was still had some capabilities to communicate and all that. So stuff you see in the movies, um, or even other books where someone gets stabbed and they fall over dead, that doesn't happen. Um, you know, it takes the humans, humans liked have a tendency to cling to life um, very well. So um, it's very hard to kill someone. Um, that's that's what I've seen because I've seen stuff where, wow, you've taken a lot of punishment and you're still alive. Mm -hmm. so, anyway, sorry to get gruesome. You said this. <laughs> you're talking to somebody who writes about serial killers. So I was oh, like, okay. Erica's like, I, I love hearing about this stuff. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell me more. Just kidding. That's fine. <laughs> I can't ask these questions. Eventually somebody will search my browser history. Okay. So um, when you finally sat down, so you guys had the idea to do it, take us through the process of coming up with the story. Where did you get the story from? Um, for, um, as I said, I was speaking to my sergeant um, about writing again. And um, really the past 10 years, um, so I don't know, are you familiar with Margaret Weiss? She wrote Dragonlance. Uh, yes. And Tracy okay, Hickman, so, yeah. So I used to be, okay, so I used to be on a personal level. Um, you know, I dated uh, Margaret's daughter, Elizabeth, for about two years. So um, um, so during that time, you know, Margaret and, and Elizabeth both gave me loads of advice on how to write and such like that. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it was nice training. I mean, you know, for free, really, just during conversations during a walk or whatever. Um, so during that time, I came up with an idea of the God Shard, which is basically, you know, a remnant of a dead God, which has loads of power. And, you know, the races, the kingdoms go after this um, source of infinite energy to, you know, to harness it. So I had that for the longest time. Um, I had that idea. I just never wrote anything. And then one day um, I decided to, you know, put that idea onto paper and, um, First thing I did was get an artist. Um, so I went on the internet, um, searching through many portfolios because uh, I, I wanted the art first. I wanted to communicate with an artist first. And then after I got an artist, which took, I went through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of artists. Um, and finally I found a guy in Singapore. Um, and funny thing was, is whatever I said to him, he was able to put whatever was um, in my mind onto like the canvas and, um, or I guess your digital tablet or whatever you do nowadays and um, bring it to life. So that was, um, that was really cool. And now uh, we've been working together ever since. Now he does all my video game um, illustrations as well. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, very cool. So he does your, does he also do the book covers as well? Yes, he does the book covers, the interior. Uh, they're black and white sketches I have inside the books too. 
because mm-hmm. um, I have, a, you know, you separate, I separate my acts with an actual illustration and, mm. and, and then um, I, I, I just like eye candy, I suppose. I mean, that's, uh, I, I don't, it's, I, if you're at a beginning author and you don't have the money for it, I, I highly don't recommend it. But um, I mean, I was working a full-time job and sometimes I'd get overtime. So I, my overtime money would go to him. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, yeah. So, and then when the video game came along, I tried some other more cartoony looks, uh, you know, anime look. And um, I couldn't find anyone that stuck. So I asked him, I said, hey, do you want to do this too? Can you do an anime? Because I never seen him do an anime style. He did like a lot of DC Marvel style. That's what stuff he really liked. And he says, well, I can try. So I showed him some stuff and he put, so his stuff is not quite like Japanese anime. It's like a little bit different for the video game, but it's his own style. And I really like it. And I was like, oh, well, let's, let's continue this then. So I, I feel lucky. I mean, and he's also my friend now, so, or I consider him a friend now. So, I mean, I said, Hey, if I come to Singapore, you know, we're going to hang out. Yeah, no, that's cool. And like, yeah. do you, do you like, cause I know initially you gave him like a concept for your illustrations, but do you ever get in a situation where you kind of like, don't know what you want illustrated and you're like, Hey, here, read the book. And he reads the um, book and gives you ideas. No, I just give him a few paragraphs because, um, you know, English is not his first language. So mm-hmm. I don't even think he's read the book. But what I'll do is I'll describe the characters in the best way I can. And he'll take it from there. I mean, and, and luckily, I don't know how he does it. He must be a mind reader or something, you know. <laughs> but he just, um, he puts it right onto there. And I, I was like, oh, that actually turned out just like I want. Actually, a little better. I mean, that, that actually was prettier than what was in my imagination. So good job. Yeah. And he's done that with every, every single project. I mean, there was a few. I'm like, okay, um, can you change the way her eye shape is or, you know, whatnot or um or can you um, add some more, you know, muscles to this female right here? Because, you know, she's like a warrior. I want to see some, you know, abs perhaps or whatever, you know. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I mean, other than that, I mean, he's he's been spot on. I mean, just, just your typical editing stuff you would deal with when you write, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, God, Shard, you started this whole thing. What, what did your sergeant do? I thought she was the artist. What happened there? Wait, oh, did she, she I, did does I miss, her own did art. Did I drink too much cider to begin with? <laughs> what happened? Um, I, I hope not yet. I mean, the night's still early, you know? I mean, you know, we haven't seen you do anything wild yet. So um, <laughs> I, I, uh, that's, that's a dare, um, by the way. Um, <laughs> I don't need to be dared. You obviously um, haven't listened to the podcast yet because <laughs> you know that I don't need to be dared. But okay. continue. Yeah, what did your sergeant do? What was her part? So um, to answer your question, uh, the, my sergeant, she does her own art. She does uh, more of a children for children's and motivation and stuff. She does uh, monsters. So, so her monsters, um, it's, they have these big eyes. They usually have an inspirational quote. And she also creates figures. So something completely different. And it's, it's her own stuff. We usually will have a side-by-side booth. Um, although she does the security also for um, the convention, um, that particular convention. So I never see her. She has to get someone else to help run it. So sometimes it'll be, you know, somebody I know or her friends or other police officers even. Um, so, or, or, you know, whenever they're off. But, but yeah, no, she doesn't do any art associated with mine. We were just talking about dreams and pursuing them and, you know, and, and we encouraged each other. So I kind of like, you know, motivated each other. 
No, that's, that's, that's awesome. awesome. It's good to have somebody who motivates you. We can say the convention. We can say Pensacon. We that this is where we found him drinking with Arthur's fans. We found him <laughs> at Pensacon. I think we I mentioned that already. Though, uh... Excalibur from the no, just kidding. We could get really dramatic there. I'm, I'm just trying to remember because I was at Pensacon. Does she have? Was she? Does she have a table that day this yes. year? I'm yes. trying to remember what her creatures were now. Because um, uh, Maria's monster menagerie. I, I feel like I remember is. seeing that. Vanessa, yes. we are I'm talking about Elman's books. I know, I, but you I'm, were super cute with your rum and coke. But I need you to stop being pretty and pay attention to the podcast that we're oh, actually we'll, we'll doing. A shout out for her. I don't mind. She'll she'll love it. I can point her to it. So she'll love. Uh, <laughs> I hope she does. She still has a little bit. To if go you're to listening, time. Vanessa would like to see your artwork. So, <laughs> um, right now? No, I'm no. I was no. She's busy. making fun of me because oh, okay. You know, you you can't have an episode without her. Like you know, no. Vanessa did something stupid again. Sorry, I, <laughs> I did not say you did something stupid. I said you're <laughs> off script. I would oh, never say the word stupid. You're super pretty today. Super I'm, pretty. Yeah, Very proud. <laughs> so anyway, um, who were, so you had some nice um, inspirational art from people who wrote the uh, Dragonlance series. Um, who, what were the kind of books that you read that inspired you to want to be a writer even more? Um, really, I don't read, um, I mean, I used to read fantasy when I was little or young, younger you know but I don't read fantasy um if when people ask what I love to read it's it's um I usually say oh I read stuff on you know memoirs entrepreneurs uh business books and you know history so um usually I don't read fantasy and the stuff I write um for fun does that make sense um it I understand what you're saying I'm a little surprised though because a lot of things a lot of people tend to read the genres that they're writing and to kind of understand what's out there. What's, did you, so you gamed a lot. Do you still game? Um, like Dungeons and Dragons, not so much. Um, I game, so I, I was also a writer for, um, and still am, I'm still on the staff, but um, RP Gamer, which is, they cover role-playing games on consoles and Steam. So I wrote for them. Um, I started writing for them in 2019 and they would send me, they send me, you know, free games or they'll mail it to me or now, nowadays it's digital code and, you know, you have to play through it. So most of my recent gaming was from stuff they sent me and what stuff I'd have to write. So, um, but as far as, yeah, occasionally um, yeah, I'll get a game that's like, okay, I've been waiting to play that. I'll have to play that all the way through. Um, but it's, it's very few and far between. I, really don't have time to play video games as much anymore. So um, if I do write, I and, and one thing about reading fantasy or even some games, I try not to get those into my head because um, if I write, I feel like those ideas seep in. Whereas um, if I read history, actually a lot of my books do have some historical references here and there, but most people wouldn't know because it's some, you know, uh, you know, for example, I've been to England and I'd go to some obscure village which has its own history, but not many people have been there. Um, even mm -hmm. some of the locals might not know it um, very well. And I'll just add that bit, you know, mix that bit in uh, with a bit of fantasy embellishment. 
Yeah, I'm, like I'm the same way too. I try not to read fa- too much fantasy all the time just because it's what I write the most as well. And, and also it's always good to like read all genres or do any kind of creative outlet, like whether it's video games, watching films or podcasts or anything. It's a great way to kind of be more unique in the genre you do like to write so that you're not being writing the same thing that everyone else mm. is. So it's always good to have like all these different influences. Agreed. Yeah, I think um, that's a, a pretty good way to put it. Um, and, you know, uh, we were talk- talking about Margaret earlier. Um, Margaret was kind of like me in a way. Um, she's She doesn't read fantasy at, at all, you know. Um, she, uh, I've read some of the stuff she's read, uh, Patrick O'Brien, which, you know, has those, you know, during the colonial era, era where they go on the ships and, you know, sail and have the ship battles and all that. <laughs> that's, that's the, that was some of the stuff she's read, but her fans don't really know that, or a, lot, a whole lot of her fans don't know that. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and we would trade books like this. She'd hand me a book like that and I'd, I'd devour it, you know, cause I, I love stuff like that. So, um, but, but yeah, um, historical fiction, you can add to the list actually. Um, I do read some historical fiction. It depends on the author, you know? Yeah. No, totally. Now I have to ask, uh, what, like, what do you mostly, like, what point of view do you write in? Like, do you find it easier to write in like third person because like I because I because I love fantasy my kind of go-to because I love switching POVs and not like dual but I like a huge ensemble cast uh so I typically write in third person is that something that you normally gravitate towards or do you do something exactly as you said um I I like to have a, a cast of characters I love to um switch even between the villains between you know so um, first person, you're very limited. You're limited to the, you know, the, the protagonist, and uh, that's that's great. Some people really pull it off. I mean, there are some books I've read first person I absolutely love, and I said this won't work any other way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and memoirs, obviously, you know, it has to be first person. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but third person, yes, I I, I prefer that the most um, with mine. Um, I'm not opposed to writing first person. I just haven't done it um with fantasy yet but um the, my series will be third person i mean it's it is third person and will be third person i always feel it's part. easier to do that with more contemporary pieces it, or like you know more in like our world doing first person versus i would love to see someone pull off a of first person in a in a fantasy i just it's not something you kind of like rarely do so but do you feel like now are you like more do you world build a lot before you write or or do you just kind of like pants it before you answer that question we actually have to take a quick break i love that you're on a roll though vanessa i don't even know what's happened to you but i was sassy to you earlier and you've been on a roll and i love it we have to take a quick break and we'll be right back with drinking authors this is the voice of drinking with authors you are at our commercial break and our commercial is Hey, do you want to be a guest on our show? Or do you have a question for one of the guests on our show? Or do you have a brilliant drink recipe that we've never heard of? That would have to stump us. But you could reach us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can direct message or even just leave a comment on one of our posts. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Vanessa, you 
we're taking over the podcast and asking a question. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was back to like, do you feel like you do a whole bunch of world building? Do you have like a world Bible? I speak, I say, I ask this because I do and mine's like super extensive and uh so do you and especially when you're trying to keep track of like all those characters or like religions or the world you create do you feel that it's something that you would do in your process of writing or do you do something completely different uh completely different although i i like your method much better than mine um because uh i try to keep it all in my head and i take minimal notes on that and when Garner came along and wrote um, God is Tear, which I believe he spoke with you last time, he started, he made a whole load, loads, loads and loads of notes and mm -hmm. he put them on a document. And that was, I thought that was brilliant. But, um, but no, I, I usually um, go right into, you know, more of the plot and the characters and center around that. Um, I mean, I do have the world already established in my head of, of where I want the characters to be and what the, you know, uh, um, so it's not, it's not too much work, but I mean, except maybe the details and, um, it does cost me time. And it, like, so for example, I'm doing blood night now, which is the sequel to curse night. And sometimes I have to go back to curse night because I was like, Oh, well, what was this bit about <laughs> again? Mm -hmm. or what did these people do again? Um, in this country. Um, but I noticed one problem, uh, with world building, um, some people, especially beginning writers, um, they do the endless world building. Um, they always, they, they just do the world building. They want to create and craft the perfect setting and they never get done. They never start the actual, you know, prose. They just, they never go into the book or they never, you know, start their scenes, but they they have a big world. And I mean, I've, I've spoken to a few people. I just said, just get started on your book. You know, um, you, you can always go back to the world building if you need to. I mean, even, the next books you can continue that um as long as you you know keep going with the plot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what do you, how did you do book three then because epic fantasy and especially because you've created a world in which things operate in magic and gods and stuff like that how did you not forget things my friend uh, well, I, I have the plot outline already, so I, even the books that aren't written, I already know what's going to happen with the outline. Now, of course, you have, um, and you probably had this a few times, I don't, I, I take it you guys outline too, I mean, some people don't, some people just write from Erica does not. Erica. But I don't write fantasy, so that's a big difference is that I don't write fantasy, and I think fantasy is a much different thing when you write sci-fi and fantasy because you guys are partially constructing rules on how things work in the world where i write very realistic well kind of realistic i guess well realistic if you watch any serial killer shows um realistic stuff in real world situations that happen so even if i sort of make up the name of a town or steal a town name or something like that I have to do research to go, am I doing the town justice, right? And But I don't have to world build the town because the town is already there. And I can look up, Google Maps is a wonderful thing. I can look up and see all of the things that I want to oh. see in the town, you know? And it takes about 10 minutes of Google search and I can see, do they have a bus line? Do they have a railway? Like any parts that I wanna add when it comes to that. It, But I'm, I'm researching somebody else's, you know, our world that's already created. 
versus a fantasy world and fantasy worlds have gods and magic and all kinds of things and stuff like that that goes on I, i'm just curious how you as you're building this and you have so many books how you track that now keeping in mind george rr martin was a pantser very much like me he didn't do world building notes and stuff like that so and you can tell in some of his books they get a little hazy at times and change things but how do you keep track for yourself when you're going to write book three for instance um like i said i had some of what goes on in book three already mapped out from the very beginning um as far as the outlines yeah that's that's like the i call the loose outline i don't like to do a, a definite outline because as writers i'm sure you've had this you you know you have your talent which is what writes the helps you you know the the hours and time you spent learning how to be a writer to craft your book and then you have that little sudden spark of inspiration when you're writing that just comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden you write this great scene um and, and you know and you you and you ever look at some of your older stuff and you're like hey how did i write this I, I mean you can't re recreate it you know it just mm -hmm. it just came so that's the only thing i don't like about outlines because some scenes i get i sudden have a i have that sudden inspiration and i write a interesting and you know scene that just comes out of nowhere and it just completely uproots whatever i had written or outlined already and um and i, I call that like um just what was that that didn't spark of inspiration i suppose is the best word but that's those are the moments i like to go for because that's what produces really great writing whereas your talent will produce good stuff i mean you know you see good writers and they produce books every year bestsellers but you know it's a lot of the same stuff but you'll see as someone who's a complete beginner their first book and it'll be absolutely smashing but because you know it's that inspiration is what they really carried them and that's that's the only thing I don't like about outlines is it, you know, if that inspiration just bypasses the outline. And I've had to rewrite um, several chapters before because that inspiration is like, oh, this idea is so much better than the whole thing I just plotted out. So, you now, know, um, when you say loose outline, do you do like like will you say like a couple bullet points or a paragraph or like how because i know you're you you do a loose outline so you don't stifle that creativeness your natural voice that makes you unique in your own writing but like do you do like a one line like when you do your outline do you do like one line or i i'm always just very like in, I, I i i'm in awe of different people's processes what some people do too much or too little I, i'm i'm just curious like that that outline is it like a sentence a paragraph like how do you how how far do you go on that i do a sentence because like i said sometimes the characters with my writing sometimes the characters just decide to just do things on their own and mm -hmm. um i can't really fight them too much on that and then it's like okay well fine you guys win okay we'll do things that way um yeah. garner actually does a paragraph and and actually, I know publishers, um, and this is something Margaret Weiss told me, publishers like it when you do a nice outline with the paragraphs and, because it shows you know, where you're going and it, it, it details everything. Mm -hmm. um, so it really depends on what you're going for. Um, but yeah, the loose, you know, just a simple bullet point with a sentence at this chapter is good enough for me. I can fill in the rest. Um, Garner, yeah, he has a nice little organized, you know, with each chapter, with each paragraph, because um, mm -hmm. he sent it to me. Um, and what he was doing is just, we've just made sure, it's a shared world we're doing, we're working together on. 
Right. So what he's doing is making sure, you know, we don't have any um, conflicts with the plots or, you know, the story or something like that. So, um, but, but yeah, he has a different approach than I do, but um, it works for him. Um, I like it because it, you know, it was nice and organized and I could see where he was going with it. Um, yeah. But even then, sometimes he would, you know, have a better idea and he would just change it right then. He goes, I'm going to change it that way. I was like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I, I think that's awesome. I'm the same way. I'm definitely more, I'm okay with deviating from the plan, but I've hear people who do, who won't, they like to know what to expect. So they don't feel like they're sitting there with like, I guess what you would call writer's block. Yeah. Uh, but everyone's different. I think that's, it's always cool to know that there is no right way to write other than just write it in the way that's going to work best for you. Exactly. Well, I think in writing it so you actually get your work published that's the workable way is so you publish your work and you don't do a world building book that's a hundred thousand words long I'm not going to mention who did that but they're on this call yeah anyway, that that's yeah. erica's way of saying that i need to stop making my world bible and finish my novel which yeah. i've heard i hear you <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna name drop that okay so um you you were at pensacon how many conventions have you done um, quite a few. I've done, um, I've done SunnyCon in the UK. Um, that was, in, and I'm supposed to do that uh, Newcastle upon Tyne um, this next summer. We got canceled twice. And um, I just got back from Alabama Comic Con yesterday. And um, quite, quite a few. I mean, um, I used to work them with Margaret. So I've done Dragon Con, Gen Con and all that under her. I used to sell her books. So um, it's it's this is really not a new thing i mean you know um i had uh, extreme fun selling dragonlance books and whatever other you know series she was working on so i mean just selling mine was just oh it was actually easier for me to sell her books because <laughs> it was like oh uh you know it, it, I, I don't know it's easier to sell someone else's because i can sum up their story better than my own you know uh, i agree working with on that. your elevator pitch gotta work on your elevator pitch my friend <laughs> yes Practice. Uh, 30 seconds 30 seconds in the mirror, you have 30 seconds, you know? That's all, that's always, um, it's always an improvement of, of something to improve every single time. Sometimes I'll, I think I have the 30 seconds down and I'm like, uh, it's, I'm boring myself talking, but maybe that's just me. But um, as for other conventions, yeah, I've done quite a few. Um, I mean, I've done all over, uh, really. Um, uh, I usually try to stick around here, you know, to dry is cheaper, but um, I'll be doing a, probably a few in the UK um, next summer. Probably, you know, I'm probably going to hit up MCM London. Um, there's some in Birmingham. Um, definitely, I'm I'm slotted for Newcastle again. So, um, so that because that was uh, that never happened because of COVID. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I did, as for were you asking how many I do a year or try to? No, I was just wondering what it was like doing conventions. A lot of authors don't necessarily do them. I was just curious what you thought in doing them and meeting the fans. Oh, I love it. That's probably my favorite. That gives me more motivation to go back to the draw, you know, the, the computer and type out my next book um, more than anything. Um, so, for example, and I meet loads of people. Um, Pensacon, I met... Uh, you know, she, she's actually going to do a pose. She posed, we did a photo shoot. Um, I should introduce her first before I skip that part. Um, so I met um, Miss June of uh, Playboy magazine from back in 2001. She's, she still models. 
she's a fantasy. She loves reading fantasy. And she was cosplayed as um, 2B from Near Automata. I might've got the character wrong. I, I haven't played that game yet. So, but she, she had a great cosplay. So um, she ended up buying two of my books and um, we exchanged information and she, we, um, I said, hey, wanna do a cover for my third, or uh, it'd be my fourth book. I wanna do a cover for my fourth book because you can pull off this character really well. And then there was another girl. So we got a, we got a photo shoot together I sent it to my artist, a couple of the pictures. So he's in the midst of um, making that. And yeah, and she, she uh, so I, I, I meet people like that. Um, uh, recently, um, I met um, uh, these two guys who, uh, I have a actual figure statue, a resin statue made of one of my main characters. And um, he, and it's pretty expensive, but he bought that. They, they were really wanting to play the video game. So they went, join my discord and they're adding a reddit forum for my series now i mean so i mean you meet some really kind-hearted people who are just uh, and you won't meet them just sitting behind a computer sometimes you know um so yeah. i love i love all the people i meet at the conventions i mean it's i mean uh, oh i met i mean drinking with authors uh you know <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't have, I mean, I wouldn't have met you, you know, you known about any of this if I stayed at home, you know? So that's, that's, that's a really cool thing about the conventions. You really network with a lot of cool people. You meet a lot of fans, um, especially if you remember your fans' names, like um, one guy bought a book from me, my first, my first book. Next year, he came back and bought my second book. This year, he bought a statue from me, and um, I remembered his name, and he was like, you know, very, I mean, he was, you could tell, it, he was like, oh, you remembered me. I was like, of course, you, I see you every year. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's, if I could say anything, treat your fans very well. I mean, that's, really, they give, they give the motivation, they give, they're, they're, they're supporting you, so. And, that's yeah. awesome. Are you self-published or traditional, how are you published? Um, Godshard series is self-published. I am, I have traditional published in the video game industry. Um, I have some contributions with, uh, um, if you look up bitmap books, I have stuff with them. Uh, actually, I don't have a copy of the book because it sold out, but, um, hey, that's a good problem to have. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to do, I was like, I wrote some of the, about the games on there. Um, you know, and I spent some time on it and now I can't even get the book. And, and I wanted to read what the other, uh, people who've written on there too. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, I was, it's, it's both, but as far as my series, um, I, I do like the control. Um, and as far as my video game, um, we're probably going to have a, a publisher for that. We've already had two approach us for the video game. Um, but with video games, when you have a, and I, I would even recommend this with, uh, even, you know, your books, if you have a publisher approach you get an attorney, sit down and really have them because you need to look over those loopholes uh, because you can really get screwed over on those contracts. And I've seen it, I've seen it with authors and it happens in the video game industry all the time. And, um, pub some publishers will be friendly with you until you sign on with them. And, um, but I mean, the publishers that uh, approached me, one has a pretty big game out. It's on PS4 and all those systems. And um, I mean, great, great resume. So I'm sure they, they probably have a pretty good reputation. But um, with video games, you wait till your video game's almost done before you even consider it. But um, yeah, purporting to the Switch and all that, I'll, I'll be talking to a publisher for that or someone to port it and produce the physical copies and all that. But um, 
but yeah, the video game portion of Godshard Chronicles is where the publishers are hitting us up. And actually most of the people are hitting us up um, because I think everybody, video game industry is booming now and loads of people play. I, I was quite surprised by it. So um, uh, to be quite honest, I didn't you know expect that much, but, um, but yes. Um, Anyway, sorry, I went on in the video game world, because I, I, I will admit I'm not the biggest knowledge of I'm like, I'm pretty like I play just very basic games. And so do you feel the gaming industry? There's a lot of uh, like I, I think of like The Witcher, right? The Witcher yeah. was a video game and then it was a book or I'm trying to remember the, book the, the video game came first. Book right? first. No. first. It, he was an author from Poland. Um, don't ask me to pronounce his name, but. He sold the rights to it for a lump sum, really cheap. And then The Witcher 3 got like, you know, game of the year and made all this money. And then he got, yeah. you know, he was like, wait a minute, I wish I had royalties now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always like to think like, like is, is that more common now that a lot of these video games also have book series? And does that, you think that helps you because you kind of have a in on both sides to really expand out your world, whether it's books or video games, like, showing a new element of your story. Is that a more common thing now? Um, I wouldn't say it's a more common. Um, okay, so I talked to a lot of indie devs, um, not a whole lot of people who do the story writing for indie games are novelists. Um, it's mm -hmm. quite rare. Now, that being said, a lot of video games are getting like the, the big, big, you know, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, they get great story writers to produce, you know, their content, but for indie games, it's usually, you know, you'll sometimes have a small team, like a programmer who loved these games growing up, and he also writes a script. Mm -hmm. So, um, and you can sometimes see it because, you know, okay, you might want to get an edit, you know, you got too much fluff, edit that and condense that because, you know, because I'll see some script that goes like this long mm -hmm. when it can be really just like, you know, um, what I sometimes do. Yeah. <laughs> my, my editor usually gets on to me for that, but, um, but, but yeah, um, Loads of video games, especially the big ones, they'll get decent writers, script writers. Um, and it's really when people complain about how fewer people read or books aren't, you know, these bookstores aren't doing well, writers are still going to have a job. It's just going to be more in movies and video games because uh, there's always going to be something for writers. We always need writers. It's just, it's just they're flipping around where the writers are actually needed. So, um, and I remember I did, uh, when I was doing conventions, I got the idea for a video game because loads of, you know, young people came up to me, looked at my posters, uh, my banners for my books and said, oh, cool, is this a video game? Uh, no. Uh, so I got the <laughs> idea. I was like, well, if I had a video game, I'd have something to sell you. So um, <laughs> I, I started talking to a couple of people, um, got together something, got together a programmer, pixel artists, and started working from there. Now we got um, uh, we got some really good people on our team. We got um, a composer named Noriyuki Iwadare uh, from Japan. He's composed stuff for Lunar uh, series, which is Lunar Silver Star Story, Lunar Eternal Blue, Grandia, Langrisser. So those are pretty popular JRPG games. Um, he also done arrangements for Super Smash Brothers and such. So I was I grew up listening to him. So it was kind of strange listening to somebody when you were in middle school and then now you're now I you know get to work with them and then um I got a um I've had a few actors already 
approached me for voice acting for the video game. I was like, well, I wasn't planning on doing voice acting, but, um, oh, you do this anime? You work for Funimation? Um, yeah, I, I think I, and she's really <laughs> real of her. And I was like, oh, that sounds really good. So I couldn't turn her down. So, um, that's so, amazing. You said Funimation. That's the one that does all the English dubbing, right? Yes. So one of that, but with my series, I write in British English and I also um, envision the characters or most of them. Um, so like my main character, I imagine him with more of that brash Northumbrian accent. Um, I imagine like, uh, you know, my female lead character with a more RP uh, accent, like, you know, you mm -hmm. would hear kind of around, you know, the South of England. Um, mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it was an American voice act actress who contacted me and, um, but see the video game has a talking dog and, <laughs> I, I, and, and when I heard her reel, she had a character that kind of sounded like it, so it sounded like what I thought. So I was like, oh, she could do it perfect. So I said, I do have a dog that can talk and it's, 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 it's done about in a magical way. So, um, mm -hmm. and then I have, uh, I would like to receive that email. I met voice actress that would like to do your book. Well, I have a talking dog. <laughs> I mean, er I Erica, Erica has to like search for the voice actors for our audiobooks. So yes. it's always interesting to hear all the different kinds of things that she hears. You know, it, it's, it's interesting being on the other side, hearing people audition for your piece and then making that decision, you know? Yes, yeah. it's. Uh... Um, although I didn't really host any auditions, she just sent, she just emailed me out the blue and then she sent me to her reels. Um, I did ask someone else out of the blue because I played a game called Dragon Quest XI. And so the video game we're working on has my favorite character. Uh, I like her better than the ones in my books actually, because she's just brash. She says whatever is on her mind, no filter, um, very strong female character, one of the lead characters. Um, I was like, when I played Dragon Quest XI, there was a character named Veronica, and it was voiced. She was voiced by Lauren Coe, uh, an Irish actress, but she she does a more um, English accent for Veronica. Anyway, I was like, she would be perfect uh, for that character in my game. And mm -hmm. so I was thinking, I was like, I interviewed Lauren Coe for RP Gamer, so I just sent Lauren an email and I said, hey. Are you still doing, do you still want to do uh, voice work for video games? Because she told me that during her interview, she did. And she goes, yes. So I, I sent her the pictures of Ruby. And I, then I sent, um, I sent her the description and she just says, I would love to do it. So I got a hold of her agent and um, we're, we're going to um, work on getting uh, Lauren Coe in it. So, um, and, and she's done some, she's a really good actor. She's done uh, several movies. Uh, I, I think some of her movies ended up in like what, a, a couple, up for a couple of awards, but I'm really bad with the film industry. I don't watch Netflix, so um, don't ask me. <laughs> what did you do during wow. COVID? Like, I mean, I read books, but then I I, wa I think I watched the whole catalog of Netflix. So that's, I was that's out, crazy. Uh, during COVID, see, I was a school source officer during the last year of my career in law enforcement, oh. but during COVID, there's no school. So they have us going on the streets and doing whatnot. And um, so I was, uh, um, I chased down a 17 year old kid who ran, had a warrant and, um, I actually managed to catch him. I was like, but I told him, I was like, yeah, hey, at the time I was, um, you know, I wasn't quite 40 yet, but I was like, you know, I'm almost 40 and you're 17 and you play football. What's, wh wh why am I catching you? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's what I was doing during COVID. I was, uh, they had us working. So, um, yeah. so yeah, I was too busy doing that than to write. So, um, so mm -hmm. I wish I, you know, I, I 
came to this conclusion sooner. But it was good because there's no conventions and I was able to at least, I guess, earn some money. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. Okay. Okay. We are actually getting near the end of this podcast, Vanessa. I should have said Vanessa Valente will be hosting today. <laughs> Co-hosting, it's fine. Um, so uh, Elman, what advice would you give authors out there? Um, main advice, um, well, okay. So you want, you got your customers. I would say if you do a convention, you got your customers, you got your fans. You want fans because customers can always change their minds. So always try and to keep fans, you got to keep your integrity on your writing. You know, um, uh, I also advise um, determination. Don't give up. I mean, what I do is when I write is I put time aside. I treat it like a job. You know, you, I mean, I, I've written these books with a full time job and doing side hustles, you know, in, in my spare time for extra cash and overtime. So, and uh, plus, you know, um, you know, with, with all the, all this going on. So, um, you know, some people make excuses, say, I don't have time. Well, I, but they'll, they'll also sit down and watch Netflix for like two hours or something mm -hmm. like that. Well, there's your time, you know, well, I'm too tired. Well, I'm tired when I write it, but you know, that's the thing. Don't make excuses. Just treat it like a job. Like you have to be there and just put in your time doing it 30 minutes, an hour. And, you know, some, sometimes I, when I start writing a chapter, I am so tired. I don't feel, I feel like going to sleep, but you know, when you get going, sometimes an idea will just pop in and you'll put something really good in. And then other than that, I would say um, last bit is um, I always keep the politics off because, um, you know, say, for example, um, you know, you, you go on Twitter or whatever and you say your political views. Well, you might have a fan of yours that says, oh, you believe in sending all the Earth waste to Mars. Well, mm -hmm. I don't. I think that's polluting Mars. Okay, well, I'm, I'm unfollowing you and I'm not buying another book of yours. So, you know, I, yeah. that's, that's the main thing. I would just, um, you know, put your fan, I always put my fans first before my opinions or whatever. And I try not to have too many opinions on that kind of stuff anyway, because, I, you know, I can't really help certain things. So, <laughs> so uh, makes sense. Anyway. Okay, how do, you, how do people find you? How do people find your books? Um, they can do on Amazon. Um, uh, we do have www.godshard.com that's g-o-d-s-h-a-r-d.com or you know you can just easily search that on amazon and i'm also on um twitter and instagram godshard rpg is the name of our handle okay perfect 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 awesome well you have been wonderful to have on the podcast thank you for yeah, being here we didn't get to the really crazy stuff uh so you know well, we're going to record a whole other episode here in just a moment. Yeah, you know, you know your first challenge is a keg stand, right? So you, got, you brought your keg, right? Uh, well, I, 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 I mentioned to you earlier, someone stole my drink out of the fridge. I had it. <laughs> you know, it, it was a good drink. I don't think his drink in the fridge was a keg, though, there, Vanessa. <laughs> his one drink was a keg. <laughs> one drink was a keg. Okay, this has been Drinking with Authors, the podcast, my friends. I've been Erica Lance, my host has been Vanessa Valiente, and our amazing guest has been Ellen Dean Todd, and we'll see you next time.